Hello, everybody. Welcome in to episode 57 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. That's a nice start. Can't talk. Sounds about right for a podcast, you know. Yeah. Well, I unmuted you just as soon as you cleared your, your throat. So, you know, I hit unmute and then it just, you cleared your throat. Oh, professional. That's yes. how we do it. All right. <laughs> so, so this week we, uh, as you can see, we have a, another guest uh, to join us for the show, which is Fuse Crafts, a.k.a. John's wife, Danielle. Danielle, welcome to the hey. show. Well, thank you. Also, in in great spirit of the Fused Relativity podcast, uh, she was trying to join the stream or to, to get everything set up. Her computer decided to restart and is still updating. It's been a half an hour. Feels like 20 years. <laughs> Seems like a seems like a running thing for like the curse of the guest because you know Kirk used to have that problem all the time and we would... took us a while to get the kiwi in. It's it's like uh, the powers that be just don't want us to have guests apparently. Well, and Danielle's special because uh, she's normally working at this time. So that is very true. Nice to be on vacation for once. Danielle, why don't you let everybody know what do you do? So I actually work with my husband in the hospital, so I work, no, 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 um, no. What? As in like the crafts part? Oh, oh okay. sorry, ignore that part. <laughs> um, so basically, I do sewing, um, do a resin stuff. So as you can see with my image right here, it's a cat that's going to turn into a keychain. Um, do obviously resin train. Um. Trinket trades. I'm getting into, um, gosh, I feel like I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Of course, John's making so, these amazing UV resin, oh, not UV resin, I'm sorry, resin earrings. So just a bunch of crafty stuff. I, I want to break down the process that me and Daniel, Daniel, these, Daniel, work on. So when she started doing these crafty stuff, it was bath bombs then we progress to bar soap then we can oh yeah no it was no, soap it was or candles. candles yeah it was candles then it was soap yeah. uh then it was sewing then it was embroidery then it was resin it, it, now it's polymer clay yeah now it's polymer clay it, at least i stick to just one granted i have like four 3d printers now but it's funny how hobbies go, right? You you get into these things and then they either cost you a lot of money to get into an upkeep or you're constantly evolving and every you know, so does the technology, so then you're you're constantly updating and upgrading and finding new things to do. It's like a never-ending process. That's yeah. me. Oh, don't forget the cricket. You know, the HTV and all that stuff too. Don't forget yeah. cricket. Yeah, bring that in there. And the the, the pyramid scheme. Was, yeah, that was short-lived, kind of. <clears throat> well, I've uh, Fuse Crafts does have a YouTube channel, and uh, I, I like to cruise on there every now and then and see what kind of uh, projects you're getting into. I still yeah. like that popsicle. That one was my favorite. Uh, I totally forgot about that one. I need to get back into doing that. Yeah, there's, there's it's just so much project I want to do, and I just feel like I have no time. 
Yeah, and it's it's something different. That's a that's a good talking point to begin with because we've both started doing uh TikTok videos. And they don't exactly translate to YouTube video. Like we could do a a video on, you know, the cool color or dual color extrusion filament that I'm printing with right now, but it's eh. And oh, yeah, well, I've got three color extrusion. What's no, no, that? no, no. So <laughs> it, it's filament that has two colors in it. I don't oh, know if you. Oh, the 615. Or yeah, the, the changing 15. Yeah, the, the one that the uh, kids. Fr you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll get a picture of it in a, a little bit. Well, I'm waving my phone to my daughter who is sitting over there. Who can take a picture of the frog? Ah, uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay, stalling, stalling. Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be later on. I'll, it'll take a few minutes for me to get it set up. Well, that's that's okay because I really have to know, John. Our uh, title of our episode this week was "The Mouse Owns It All," and based off of what we talked about. And what I kind of figured it was a Disney reference. It's not. I don't know where we're going with this, so I'm excited to see where your uh, where your talking point goes this week. All right. So it was brought up. Um, I follow a lot of 3D printing uh, or people who three 3D print. And uh, sorry, just take a few pictures of different angles. Uh, she she just took one, and it doesn't really show off what the, the filament does. But, so, one of the creators that I follow, who's moderately big, uh, was asking, you know, like, I would love to make these articulated Pokemon and everything, but how do you have the rights to make the files? Which, the way he worded it, I don't think he meant people who make it and give it away. I think he just meant people who sell sell the files and sell the prints. Because technically, yes, I cannot sell anything that is related to Pokemon or Animal Crossing or anything like that because it's um you know, it's trademarked. It's, yeah, it's copyrighted. But then you it's a weird dilemma because if it wasn't for people making stuff with copyrighted items and putting it out there for free, 3D printing would have been dead in the water. Like, it would have taken off, but, you know, it would have been the, the lowest level consumer products probably would have been the Ultimakers or, you know, the three to $4,000 machines because if you were going into it for 3D printing, you would have had to have only printed you know, stuff that was IP free or copyright free, which well, is. And it's not, it's not a wide, it, how do I want to say that? It's not, it's a widespread issue, but it's not, it's, it's only a certain amount of companies that actually care. Cause I know uh principles just got hit by Honda. Honda came in and said, you need to take down anything related to Honda. Which is because... weird because if you look at Ford, they're the exact opposite. Well, that's what I mean. Each company kind of dictates 
how they want to go at it. Like going back to Disney, Disney is one of those companies that will bend you over the table if you try and sell something that's trademarked or copyrighted to them. But Whereas, they haven't. Like I can look up, I can pull up uh, um, cults right now. Cults. Well, but that's that. I'm I'm talking about the sale. I know. Not not just the free stuff. No. No, no, no. I'm looking at right now Mickey Mouse. Uh, uh, there is a Mickey Mouse in a wizard outfit for two seventeen. This was uploaded uh, a year and a half ago. Okay, so maybe Disney just doesn't. No, it's just not the place that they want to throw their their time and effort. But see, that's the problem. Is it's technically it's. You are infringing on copyright. It is copyright infringement, with, which I agree with. The problem I have with it is it needs to be – it's, it's right now it's in kind of a, a, a moral gray area, like a, a legal black area. It, it's my, – my thoughts on this is if you're ripping something completely from a game and, and uploading it and all of that – that you did nothing to and trying to sell it, that's, that's, you did nothing. If you're like the articulating onyx that I printed, should they be allowed to sell it? I personally think yes. Is Pokemon Company or Game Freak going to come out and sell specific articulating files for 3D printing? No. It is very unlikely they will ever see that as a profitable area and go after it. Like, I think if you, as long as you're not infringing on an area that a company is in, it it's 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 an issue that needs to be brought up. The laws just aren't caught up to digital creating. Well, and I, I mean, even Danielle, you should know from Etsy for people who do SVGs for cricket and stuff. You can go on Etsy and find SVGs for Disney or. I mean, I saw somebody was selling NFL team uh, SVGs, and I'm I'm like, how are you people getting away with this? But it could be they're just saying, eh, come get me. Well, and that, that's why I took a f issue with it. It's like I, I I understand it's it's an issue. His problem is he would like to get a hold of that market share too. He just doesn't want. To risk his company doing it, and I get that. Uh, we have. <laughs> we had a uh, kid interrupt. Uh, it happens. Uh, but yeah, so you figure the the problem is is it's too widespread at this point, right? Because so many people are putting up these copyrighted images and 3D files and all this. It's kind of hard to police it when there's so many people doing it, kind of like Napster and all those pirating websites. I mean, they eventually got it down, but, but look how didn't. many people. The pirate base still active. Well, yeah, I mean, and that just leads to my point is you can try and get rid of it, but someone else is coming right afterwards. I mean... You know, worst case scenario, you get a cease and desist, and then you have to stop. And then you make a new account and do it all over again. 
I mean, huh. there's, it's just one of those, uh, like you said, it's a gray area, but it's not. It's if you're following the rules, then you wouldn't do anything that's copyrighted. But most people don't follow the rules. They just well, hope they don't get caught. Here's the thing. Like one of the comments or one of the things that was brought up is that t-shirt companies get hit all the time with this. See, and that makes sense to an extent because, you know, Pokemon sells t-shirts. The, the thing that I don't agree with is you're not going to get, uh, there's, there's definitely an area of artistic interpretation that, that goes into it. Like there's some shirts, like I'm, I'm assuming my carnage and uh, venom shirt that I have right now, it was probably not licensed by Sony. It might've been, but I'm going to doubt it. Well, and a set, I mean, case in point, my case in point would be, okay, so our fused relativity and fused crafts uh, logos were designed by you and made by you, correct? Yep. But I used a pro or I, I used someone else's tutorial. So is that technically his copyright? Because I pretty much just copied it letter by letter. Well, but okay, I didn't know that, but <laughs> don't ruin my argument here. So <laughs> this is this is our our brand and our logo, right? So you take that and somebody tomorrow steals it and says, "I'm going to use this and make money off of it." Are you going to be upset by that? No, it's a black hole. Like the the only thing that I would say is unique about our logo is how I how I angled the words. Right, but if I'm saying someone took a, a screenshot of our logo and used it and sold it and made money off of it, you'd be pissed about that because you'd say, that's my logo. I made that and you're making money off of it somehow. Yes. That's not right. Yeah, especially since uh, we haven't. Right, yeah, that's well, I mean, besides the point. Uh, <laughs> but... I don't know. It's to me. I'm a I'm a by the rules kind of guy. So I no, think that I I agree. I am too. That's why I have a hard time with um, like I made that Pokeball mimic, and I would love to sell it. It would sell like crazy. Obviously, I can't. Uh, uh see, I think you could get away with that one, and it probably wouldn't. You would have to call it something other than a Pokeball. Well, I mean, and I that yeah, I ch changed the color to green or like hot pink and the bottom to black. I think that's actually a Pokeball. <laughs> I was going completely at random. And I think pink top and black bottom is the love ball. But the, uh, yeah, there's ways around it, obviously, but that's just gray area. Like, yeah. And that's how most people work in the fringe. I mean, it's, it's just a con. It's a conceptual see, thing that you just don't, are you willing to skirt the rules a little bit or are you going to play, play it straight laced and, you know, just follow every single rule to the letter? Well, well, here's my, most people here's don't my, care. here's my other thing. Um, if I'm trying to think of and type at the same time, if there was a ball that was red on the top and blue on, Oh yeah, there is. I found one. It's a cricket ball. Um, so if I made a cricket mimic, it just happens to look like a Pokeball. Can po can the Pokemon company sue me? Sure. 
can they say, hey, that's too close to a Pokeball? And I can be like, pull up the image of a, a cricket ball and be like, no, it's a cricket ball. Um, that it, it's not to mention the fact that it's, you know, only half of the trademark is Pokemon. The other half's D&D, like the Wizards of the Coast, because Mimic is entirely owned by them. Well, but look at it from this side. Uh, we have our intro music that me and Kirk created on our own accord, music that we produced by ourselves. Theoretically, someone could come through and DCMA that. Yes. Even, even though it's not their music, it was something that me and Kirk created, they could it, say, well, it sounds awfully similar to whatever song they come up with that they own the rights to. It's, it's how much they want to go after somebody. Because if you think about all the songs in the world that have the G chord or the E chord or whatever, you know, you could theoretically link a song to almost anything. So it's all about, am I going to win? You know, if I'm if I'm a big company and I want to tell you to take it down, is it going to work? You know, that's the the thing that people are looking at. Now, your mimic ball, if you, let's say you put it online for a dollar and you sold 250. Yeah, Game Freak or whoever is not going to care. But let's say you sell five million. Now they're gonna pay attention. Eh. Here's the thing, though: Is D and D and Pokemon ever gonna do a crossover event? No. And that that brings up another point of like, specifically with like D and D and Warhammer. Um, all of the D and D minifigures that are out there are technically IP theft. Now, you could argue, oh, it's artistic interpretation, like the book only describes what a frost giant looks like, or the book only describes what a mimic looks like. It's still technically owned by them. They're the ones, like, obviously they can't, frost giant was a bad idea because that's, you know, all over history. That, But, like, mimics or, uh, I can't mind flayers. Stuff that is specific to D and D is copyrighted, and they hold the the IP for it. So technically, well, everyone that makes and designs something that has that looks like a mind flayer is breaking Wizards of the Coast's copyright. Right. Well, Danielle, once again, because you're so big into the crafts, where do you stand? I mean, do you? I mean, you can kind of feel free to answer, but do you use? Uh, copyrighted stuff, or do you skirt the line and play by the rules? I'm kind of more play by the rules, because I mean, going back with the Etsy thing, I've seen so many people like, really take, you know, especially when um, Baby Yoda became a huge thing, they literally went after everybody, like, you need to take this stuff down. I kind of try to be myself. I try to be, God, what's the worst? What is what I'm looking for? I try to be unique. I try not to, like, I don't like to follow or use other things if I can help it. If it's, like, for a friend, great, not a problem. If they like Beauty and the Beast, okay, it's just for the friend. I'm not making a bunch of them to sell it. I'm more, like, I like to make my own stuff. I don't want to try and, like, you know, take Disney, take 
Star Wars, take any of that. I want to do my stuff. So yeah, if it gives me ideas and it kind of flows with like maybe Star Wars or something, great. But it's not true Star Wars. Right. But it just, and, yeah, it's just like I kind of just I try to keep I try to keep under the radar, basically. I try not to follow what everybody else is doing. I try to stay outside the box, if that makes sense. Kind of yeah, thing. absolutely. Because I know, like, just from my little experience with cricket, from what my wife does, uh, it is not that hard to pirate things. Even if it's got watermarks and crap on it, you can totally jack that off the internet and oh, do whatever yeah. you want with it. So, you know, it's to me, it seems like if you are willing to go through the effort to try and pirate something like that, then most people are just going to sell it and see if any ramifications come from it. Because normally, like I said, your worst you're going to get is a cease and desist. Pull it down. Yeah. Don't sell it anymore. And, For sure. But, know, see, is... but see, that's that's my whole issue with it is, like... I think the regulations need to change. And as much as it will pain you, I think companies need to uh, back the fuck off. Like, the reason Mickey Mouse is still relevant is because Disney has paid politicians to change the rules for years. Mickey Mouse should have gone public domain 50 years ago almost. Like, <laughs> that that's my thing is... But <laughs> you're you might be talking to the wrong guy because when you said that, all I could think of was, well, it's their idea. Quit trying to make money off of something that somebody else came up with. They're dead. <laughs> the person that made that is long since dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but well, my point was going to be that. Well, um, I I don't know that you should theoretically. I, it that's a slippery slope if you start saying that. Oh, I came up with an idea. Uh, and it's it's mine, and I want to make money off of it. But now everybody can use it. Maybe, maybe if you're talking fifty years later, kind of like the public domain kind of thing. But that and but here's the thing. Like I understand that you know if I make a title and it gets you know if I make merchandise for it, like if we made shirts and stuff, and someone came along and was like, I like your stuff. I'm going to make a plushie. Are we going to ever enter the plushie space? Probably not. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, I'm talking in theoreticals here. Like, if we had a product so. and we made merchandise for it and we stayed in one lane and we were only doing that. Like, let's take Pokemon. They're making games. They're making toys. They're making clothing. You know, stuff like that. Are they making artwork? Not really. So, well, but then again, uh, you know, so let's say you come up with, let's go back to your mimic ball here. Okay. So you made this thing, you designed it. Let's say you put it up on online and, and when you put up your, um, your design, you say no, no commercial license, right? You're not giving people commercial license to sell it. Which is, which is what I did. Right. So... Let's say all of a sudden you go on TikTok tomorrow and somebody who bought your design then turned around and has made no, $500,000 no. off of it. You're going to be pissed. No, because I put the Pokeball Mimic out there. I'm not going to be pissed. Nintendo might be. 
No, I'm saying I'm saying this is your this is your design that's not, you know, we're saying that I'm using this as a reference to say that this is your design, you've made it to be it's you're, free. You're arguing this against the wrong person because space communism. <laughs> so you're saying that if you let's say you make uh you, a widget, right? Just, uh, just you to realize, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you because you're gonna continue this argument, and you're going to. My whole point of free the games was to release games that were public domain and free. So uh, you don't care about the money. You're just saying no, because okay. there's, 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 there's alternative ways to make money. Like, I understand that, uh, and I don't think. Like, this is where we, we differ on that level. I'm a designer. You want to be a producer. You want to be production, whereas I'm the design. Is there some designs that I would like to reserve and sell? Absolutely. Um, right. But... So, so if you take one of those designs and you sell it, and then somebody who's more popular than you sells it on, on their accord, and they make a ton of money off of your design, you can say whatever you want, that's going to really bum you out. No. Because we live in a capitalist hellhole where I can sue them for damages. Y maybe. I no, mean, no, no, no. You, you no, you absolutely can. But See, it's going to take a heck of a lot of time and money to do so. No, because what you said is... They, I made a thing, released it as no commercial, can't sell it, all of that. Right. They sold it and have physical proof of how much money they made. I can say, right. okay, that's all mine. You, you that's all my money now. Um, so right, I, which is which is what you're complaining that Disney and all these other companies are doing at this moment. You see what I'm saying? Well, I caught you in a little bit of a trap there, but no, you didn't. I'm saying I'm giving you what recourse I could take. If I sold some, my thing is, if I sell something, it's going to be with commercial licenses attached. You're assuming that I don't want other people to make it and sell it, which is wrong. Because as a designer, I am never going to produce it. The only money I'm going to make is people buying it to sell it. I, I, yeah, I can see where... Don't. We don't see on the same wavelength on that one. Because I'm saying if you have a good enough idea that someone is willing to buy it and then turn around and make a lot of money off of it, I would milk that cow until there's nothing left. Exactly. By selling the file. See, that's the thing. You're, you're, thinking, you're thinking very, very small when it comes to this. Like Hex3D, which has a, a Patreon with a public... Uh, uh, public. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. Has a public display of how many Patreons he has, and he only has one tier of Patreon, and that's ten dollars to get the commercial license to his designs. Um, he has seven thousand Patreons, which is seventy thousand dollars. He is making seventy thousand dollars a month just designing. And letting everyone else sell. Do you think he he's uh he's a little upset that he's not making the the hundred or two hundred thousand that 
all 50 or, you know, all 7,000 people that are selling are making a month? Well, ah. he's got a good enough design that people want to, you know, if he was to run the whole gamut and produce and sell, look at where he'd be, but he's not doing that. Well, so I call realistically, that guy lazy. Okay, so realistically, you're you're gonna say that he has the ability to, like, to to print and sell at that level, like. Well, probably not. But so, if you're making seventy G's a month, you can make it happen. Now, well, here's, if you're making I, seventy G's a month, you don't need to make it happen. Don't get me wrong; that's a lot of money a month, and that's okay. Good for that guy; he's doing very well for himself. And so, yes, I see the side of all he has to do is design, and he can make a very good living off of just designing and let people sell the stuff that he designs because he doesn't care. Well, here's here's the other one. Her, she, her name is Cinderwing 3D. She's I think she's rather recent, but she just makes dragons, especially the ones that have been prevalent all over TikTok and all over Etsy. She has a thousand Patreons at ten dollars. Oh, 1,700 Patreons at ten dollars a month. Now, realistically, um, I, I'm going to break this down because Kirk's not here and he won't complain about math. Uh, so he w she would have to sell, and this is just just by selling 425 dragons a month, which is means she'd have to make 14 dragons a day which means she would have to have 14 printers at least. Realistically, she'd be probably closer to 16, 17, and they'd have to be going constantly. This is where we differ in that, yes, you can set up a farm. Yes, you can get it going. You have to have the money to do that first. And then you can't be a designer. Because one of my biggest complaints with Hex3D is that some of his designs don't work. Not to mention the fact that they're steeped in IP. Like, he has a whole set of uh, uh, baseballs that have the uh, logos on them. Which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch those with a 10-foot pole. Well, but, but once again, you know, this guy clearly is only focused on money. You know, in this respect, he's designing so that people will buy his stuff. So he's doing, well, and that's, you know, he's saying, look, people might want baseballs because it's baseball season. So, you know, he's skirting those rules. If, and guess what? The MLB is probably never going to notice because they're not in the 3D printing world. They don't. And care. that's that's my point. Ha! Got you, kind of. Um, but yeah. no, that's my point is. The MLB is never going to be in the 3D printing market. They sell merch. They sell, you know, trinkets and jerseys and all that shit. They are not going to enter into the 3D printing space. Will they see the baseballs and likely try and strike them down from Etsy? Sure. Are they going to go to craft fairs across the world and try and say, hey, you can't sell those at this craft fair? Absolutely not. That's a lot of crappers to go to. Yeah. Well, and like I said earlier, that's where most people are banking on the fact that they can put this stuff wherever they please and they're never going to get caught because it's not necessarily 
part of you know like you're saying oh well if it's not in the right industry then who cares what 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 i do with it but i don't know i'm i'm on the business so, side of, of well saying, i i this I, is mine i get that but i also want to point out that cinderwing has a file crystal dragon uh she put it up at the beginning of the year she's made fifty thousand dollars off of it okay. off one file that she put on now have people made way more than 50 sure is the is the cap going to be you know would she have made more money if she never released it just sold it on etsy absolutely not the reason it got popular is because everyone started printing it and it got saturation see and that's the thing that that i am seeing with my area of social media if i create this really badass design like that honeycomb sword that i designed and put it on Etsy. It may sit on Etsy like our honeycomb cups. They sat there for three months, and then I got two orders back to back. Yes. Now, if I had released that file for free, say, said sell it however you want, and or you know put that file up and said it's a dollar, and someone down was scrolling Colts and was like, that looks really cool. I'm going to download it and print sell it, and then someone else said oh, that looks really cool. I'm going to download it, sell it, and make a video on it. And it starts spreading. People are going to keep buying my cup. Now, would it potentially get popular on Etsy? Sure. If I had kept selling it, I might have sold 10 by now and made a whole $70. But in that scenario, it would have been wiser for me just to put it on and hope that it you know, took off with people buying it and making videos out of it. Yeah, I think it all depends on what side of the what side of the fence you lean on as far as we both know that I'm more pro business. So I think that if you come up with an idea and it's great, it's yours and people shouldn't steal it. But but here's the thing. So I'm going to wrap it around. So let's say I take this Pokéball, you know, this Pokéball mimic that I have no rights to. And I released it for free, which I already have. It's on my printables.com. Uh file and i and thingiverse just search pokeball mimic um and someone looks at it and is like oh that's a cool idea i kind of want to make it into a shirt do i have any right to the pokeball mimic absolutely not do they have rights to make it into a shirt probably not is like i said is if i were to sell it would nintendo or game or wizards of the coast care no Potentially no, especially Wizards of the Coast, because they already allow people to make uh, use of their IP. The one that would potentially have a problem is Game Freak, and I've changed that to be not, you know, it's noticeable as a Pokeball, but it's not a Pokeball anymore. So, you know, I, you know the, the funniest part of this whole conversation that we're having is when you told me IP theft, I was thinking so much differently. <laughs> and not Pokemon was, and... Yeah, I was thinking of IP as in like IP addresses, not intellectual property. Oh, yeah, no. Because that's what now you can see why I was confused how Disney and IP theft were to run together. Well, I mean, that's still possible. It's let's okay. Before we close out, we have talked all over Danielle. Do you have any uh, any comments or thoughts to add to our rambling of? Mostly me just berating. Nothing that comes to mind. 
<laughs> See, she said you're. She said you you're wrong. That's what she but, said. I did not say that. You know the funniest <laughs> and the funniest thing to me, the the absolute funniest thing to me is that this guy who's was who made this claim, his his claim to fame is that he makes desktop organization things for weed. It's just like yeah, it's it's like it's just an organizer for all your the the cannabis tools and stuff you might have. Like he's got jars and shit. It, it's specifically designed for that. He can't call it that because you know that's federally illegal. You can't sell drug paraphernalia. But you know that that's a gray area. That's okay. Making an articulated. Geodude isn't. That that's why I found it so funny. Well, switching switching over to a new topic just because it's you know oh. that's what we do. Well, Danielle, well, what what's your favorite planet? I just got to ask. My favorite planet. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh. Huh. <laughs> You've put her on the, the spot. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. <laughs> to be really honest, I always thought, especially when I was growing up, is Saturn. I don't know why. I think it's probably because of the rings and everything. I've always loved Saturn. Yeah, Saturn's a pretty uh, pretty solid answer. Most people like Saturn. Um, Saturn and then, um, gosh, oh my god, I'm going to sound so stupid because I should know my planets and everything. Which one is the one with the um, the... I call it the red eye. Yeah, Jupiter. Jupiter, that's what it is. Gosh. You'd think I would know my planets by now. Especially since you watch Sailor Moon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I got the, the kids in too. Go me. <laughs> the reason I asked that was because did you see, John, that they are actually starting the next telescope already? Uh it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, once they got the James Webb up in the air, they uh, they decided it was time to move on to the next. Uh, they're already building it. Kind of crazy. They didn't wait long. Oh, she'll be like 20 years before they launch it. Yeah, they said they would be getting high-res high res pictures at high speeds, unlike what they're getting from the Hubble and the James Webb. See, again, that, that, that wriggles back to my, my criticism of NASA is that they're fucking stuck in the 70s. Like, yeah. we've already we said. Should, we should have a webcam like you were talking about, you know, a live feed off of a satellite by now. Come on, people. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Um, it's depressing. Yeah. So, but it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was no, just I was... gonna say the other the other thing that I was looking at this week was that the, uh, the Artemis mission is is uh, taking shape. They're actually projecting it to be on time now. I think. It'll never it's kind of cool. Whether or not you know SpaceX right. gets their. Whether or not SpaceX gets there first, I don't know. They can't seem to get an actual flight of their starship yet, but... That's not their fault, though. No, no and that's 
Elon's a little uh, preoccupied with Twitter at the moment. No, it's it's not even it's what's her name, Chatwell. No, it's once Starship goes up, and that's that's the thing. Once it goes up, it's over. It's Artemis is dead. Most of the commercial, if if Starship is is operational, almost all commercial satellites currently being worked on are done. Not satellites, rockets. Sorry. And the worst part, the worst part is, is twenty twenty one seemed to have a lot of space news going on. Like there was things happening almost daily, and it's been pretty slow for the last month and a half as far as space news is concerned. Yeah. Well, they're playing catch up from twenty twenty. Yeah. It's even. Just... Uh, Unless it's the people who keep saying that Russia's going to crash the space station into Earth. They... Yeah. I mean... There was, a, there was a whole video on it about what would happen if it crashed into Los Angeles. I don't know. It was kind of like an Armageddon movie, I guess. I, it's, sure. It's not going to do... I mean, it'll do a lot, but most of it's designed to burn up, and the rest is will be insignificant. But that was the the one bright spot that I did see was that they were working on the next telescope, which I haven't really seen much from the James Webb yet, and it's also the coldest thing in the universe, or... Not the universe, but, you know, it's like the coldest robot in the sky, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, for what it is. I know that doesn't really matter to a piece of machinery, but. Not usually, no. Unless you're that crazy one on Mars, you know, the rover that we like to talk about that was. I still have nightmares about that thing. Why you gotta give it feelings? Stop it. Danielle, in case you didn't know, one of the rovers that they had on Mars, uh, they programmed it because you know they give them like Twitter feeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what was the name of that one, John? It was Curiosity. Is no, it, uh, I was gonna say Curiosity too, but it's not Curiosity. I don't remember. I usually anyway. Yeah. So this thing, one of the the last thing it said, because it was uh, it was running out of power, and it's uh, what's the solar panels were covered with dust, and it was basically dying. No. Yeah, and they the last thing it said was it's it's getting dark and my batteries are low. That's kind of creepy. I know, right? It sounds like something from a sci-fi movie or something, you know, like you said, Armageddon or one of those spacey videos. That's why I said, I'm like, don't give the robots feelings because that's that's too real. I don't need it to be telling me that it's dying. Just shut down and stop. Yeah, no, that's just kind of creepy. And just, yeah, kind of goes to the heart a little bit because it's just, you know, especially my line of work, like, Outside my craftiness, it's just yeah. I deal with enough of that. Yep. Don't need it. No, not really. 
What else do you got, John? That was, I think that was the, uh, the bulk of what I had this week. <laughs> it, it relates back to Disney, which is why I named it the mouse owns it all. I, I wanted to bring to light how, um, special some Republicans are like specifically DeSantos. Um, the reason being, I don't know if you heard the news. They're trying to get rid of all of uh, Disney's or Disney World's special stuff that they gave. Oh yeah, the I get, I know what you're talking about. But it's all because Disney came out, you know, and said, "Hey, we we're we're not in favor of that law," and they took it upon them to take on the mouse. And I don't. A company as big as Disney, a, a lot of people pointed out the last time Disney had an issue, they spent $70 billion. Well, I, yeah, they don't, I mean, they're so big, they don't have, you know, and the, you think like Johnny Cochran's a good lawyer, you should see the lawyers they have, you know? Yeah. Like they, well, not I only mean, that, I guarantee you there is money from the mouse in almost every politician's pocket. Well, cause they, it came out. I don't know if you saw that, uh, our governor just would put a proposal together to put a Disney world, like, well, not Disney world, like a Disney attraction in the mountains and like a, you know, an, a mile or whatever altitude Disneyland or whatever. Uh. So, you know, they're even trying to bring it in our backyard. See, the problem with Disney World is it's it, it's warm. It needs to be warm. It needs to be a year-round thing. We're not year-round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the wintertime, you just open up a ski resort, Disneyland Ski Resort. No, I agree. And that's here's the thing, though. And this is what was brought. This is what I, I looked up, and some of the people were talking about. Disney World makes absolutely, or dis, yeah, Disney World makes Disney absolutely no money. Like it makes money. They make three billion dollars off of it, but that's that's nothing. Like that's that's pennies to them in a in a global term. The fact that. DeSantis is trying to remove the special, you know, all the, the governance stuff means that he's screwing over everyone in that county because all of their taxes are going to go up. I think it was like $2,000. Sure. Which is the, the number I heard. Like, that's a massive increase because the governor has a problem with the uh, mouse. Did you know... <laughs> this is kind of off topic a little bit, but growing up, I never knew this, but you know, Epcot. Yeah. Do you know what Epcot is like what it was built to be? Uh, it was the, the world's fair, right? No. So Epcot <clears throat> was actually built as its own little community. And I, I can't remember. It's like something community of tomorrow. But basically they they built this community to be like a 50s 
neighborhood, like white picket, white picket fences and, and, you know, everybody had a clean house and it was like supposed to be a venture into like, this is how we're going to progress and live as a, as one community in the United States. And it totally never got there. Of course not. But I was kind of surprised. I made it to 30-something years old before I realized that Epcot was actually something. You know, I just thought it was where they did rides. Oh, yeah. Now, it's, it's I don't know, it's just funny because a lot of the other things that were coming out were, like, Disney, all they have to do, like, the the thing with the law in Florida, as far as I'm far as I understood, and I'm by far as I understood, I watched like a TikTok video on it, is the special county or the special permits that Disney has were given by the state. But any county can give the special permits. So if they are able to pull the ones from the state, Orange County is just gonna give it to them. And will likely be uh, whoever the governor or whatever of that area is will likely be, you know, Disney's pick for whatever. Not to mention the fact that the mouse is now going to probably fund every one of the people that voted for the special that's voting against them, their competitors. Like, especially if they line up with uh, Disney's values of making months lots of money it's funny how uh that really grinds your gears sometimes you know like you were kind of against disney in the beginning and now you're kind of standing for them based on no. one side or the other but no i'm not i don't agree that companies should be able to do this i'm saying that it is like I'm I know I'm calling the Republicans that are doing this dumb because they're they're picking a fight with a corporation that has deep pockets. Like that never goes well. No. Especially since, you know, and everyone's like, well, this is why we shouldn't have, you know, companies shouldn't be allowed to lobby and all this stuff. And I agree. And then the yeah, it's space communism. <laughs> your views on the on on the uh, uh i never knew you were so like uh anti disney and and uh oh i'm it it's more i'm not really anti disney it's just they are when we were growing up microsoft was seen as this evil bad company because they sold you computers with internet explorer on it now we have companies that are buying up everything. Like, I, I understand Disney's not a monopoly, but Microsoft wasn't a monopoly at the time either. Like, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm definitely against mega corporations, that's for sure. Well... Let's cheer that. Well, I was going to say, let's cheer this up uh, a little bit. But Danielle, since you know, you, you're our guest and I figured I'd keep throwing questions at you to put you on the spot. Oh, thanks. Uh, is Toy Story 3, this made me think of, of uh, Disney, John, when you, 
Uh, is Toy Story 3 not the most heart-wrenching movie ever? Oh, my God. I think I wanted to cry when I watched it. I mean, it's been a while, but I do remember parts of it, and it just, like, tore me. Yeah. Because, like, no, one of those movies that you kind of grow up with, and especially, you know, what I'm surprised now, they're bringing kind of back, but remaking them, too, with movies that I grew up with. And, you know, the, our kids get to kind of see them, or they're revamping up or something. But, yeah, Toy Story 3. Uh, that that was a definitely a tear tear wrencher there for me. I will have yeah. to admit that one. We brought that up before because I I uh, something about that movie just like I'm a thirty something year old man who was willing to cry at an animated movie because ugh terrible. Here I I've I've got a question too. It's, oh God, are the prequels and sequels? Star Wars bad because they're movies. Are you talking about like oh my gosh, what chapter was that one? One, two, three, and seven, eight, nine. I thought one, two, and three were like the newer versions. They are. Okay. Yeah, it was the later ones. Okay, so I will ha- I hate saying this. I did did not like the later ones because you can definitely t- or they like how now in these days you can you have a green screen you have all this to where and the trick trick wires and whatnot but i guess after watching later ones for a good few times i kind of like the older ones just because of how they try to do the props how they try to do stuff so i I, i'm not saying like obviously the older movies the you know they don't hold up visually as much to the test of time i'm talking about story like i don't know i don't know if you're seeing much of the i know you probably haven't seen much of the star wars canon chris but i've watched a lot of the tv shows like the mandalorian and uh the book of boba fett and clone wars and rebels which is rebels is by far my favorite i just had to get into it but my point of this is Star Wars movies tend to be bad when they're based on a long arc. Like even the first like the first 3 movies with Jar Jar and all of that, they have their highlights, but they're just everything's so rushed because it is very hard to tell a good story in a short amount of time. Whereas you have The Mandalorian, which sure has some bad episodes here and there, but overall is way better than a lot of the stuff or a lot of the movies. And people would agree that it's uh, better than a lot of the movies. All I know is I fell asleep in the theater. I went to one of them. It was the <laughs> one. It was the one with. Uh, I can't remember which episode it was, <clears throat> but it was the one where. Uh, the kid gets his arm cut off. Oh, you're uh, talking about um, Luke? No. no Anakin. No. Yeah, oh, Anakin, it's... that's right. And uh, what's his name? Obi-Wan or whoever was like, I've got the high ground. And then he tries anyway and gets his arm cut off. Uh, yeah, I fell asleep during that one. Yeah. Well, and see, that's my point okay. is... When you have these long, like that, uh, that movie itself was like two and a half hours long. So well, it's got a good nap at least. So because yeah, right? I've fallen asleep, 
because you said that, and I was like, I fell asleep and woke up right at that point before. Um, but if it was shorter, more condensed episodes, like if they took the first three, like the first three movies were good, but that's because they were they were short stories. You know, it wasn't necessarily a trilogy. It was story one, story two, story three. With the the prequel and the sequel, it was they were known to, they they knew it was going to be trilogies. They they had the stories, so they tried to do these in condensed, quick manner. Imagine if um, let's take uh, Lord of the Rings as a bad example because it's actually very good, but it's one book that was broken up into three movies, long movies at that. But let's say like Game of Thrones. Could you imagine if uh, if someone said, "I'm going to make a movie trilogy out of Game of Thrones," and each book was just a movie? It would be awful. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched Game of Thrones. I'm not a big TV like. I watch some TV, but I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't really have much. Like, I never watched Star Wars, so I don't even know how to. Uh, you know, I don't know how to answer that question. No, I, just I never really watched it. No, I agree. I, I, I completely understand. I'm just saying that, like, I like the new movies. They were visually great. The story was, eh. like, I have no problem with the, the characters or anything like that. It was just the story was all over the place. And if it was broken down and said, it's a TV show with three seasons, I think they could have done a lot better job of progressing the plot, having side quests and quests, side plots and all of that stuff, and it would have been a lot better. Yeah, most people don't have that attention span, though. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, Kirk, but Kirk used to say it all the time. Just the attention span of someone to watch. Because you start I doing dis- three dis- seasons, you have I to break off. Disagree. You know, you because look how popular Game of Thrones was until it wasn't. Well, look how popular The Walking Dead was until it wasn't. I mean, but it's that's, all The Walking you know, Dead was The Walking Dead was a, I my, never watched it. Well, my issue with it was oh. is they just kept going. Like Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you, there's a point and most of the producers know what that point is. But you know, that's what I'm saying. Should I make a movie out of this or should I do a eight-part series? Eh, it could be debated. You know, do, do, are you? No, gonna... I'm just my. This whole thing was just my opinion. Is the new Star Wars movies suck because they should have been a TV show? I think if they had d- kept everything the same, just done it as a TV show, and added more context and story and plot, it would have been a hundred times better. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm gonna end on. I'll end that on this. We started season one of Mythbusters and we watched all the way through to episode or season 18 totally checks out is it, it was cool yeah so now that we're off to this I we can go to uh I want to show you what I uh what I did do you remember yeah, let's, let's this. check it out the 3D, <laughs> that's right the, the 3d printed pizza photogrammetry photogrammetry 3d printed pizza I did it again. 
<laughs> I don't have a picture of the other one, but I actually have two slices of pizza that I uh, uh, 3D scanned with my camera and printed. That's funny. And it looks really good. Like It looks like the pizza. Yeah. Th- these turned out a whole lot better. And I don't, I'm assuming the photogrammetry software just got a little bit better. But here is the frog. That is not the frog. Here is the frog. Kind of. There we go. I can move this. This is the dual extrusion frog. Or dual color extrusion frog. So see how it kind of has two colors to it? Uh Uh-huh. That's all just from the filament. So is it one of those filaments that is... Is it spliced together two colors? or is Yes. It, essentially. Uh, yeah. Um, is, it like, is it like the rainbow filaments where it changes every no. so many meters? Nope. Where it's no. one, one side is red and one side is orange. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. What did we name the frog? Sunset? I said it should be called Sunset. So that reminds me of the mixing software that I use on my new printer is kind of how that does with that. Yeah, essentially it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. It's just this filament is expensive and hard to find. I think Matter Hackers was the first one to do it, and then this is a, a knockoff. A great knockoff. Eh, I still kind of want to get a hold of the Matter Hacker stuff just to see if uh, if it's better. I mean, it's not bad, but right now we're printing a uh, mechanical dragon with autumn colors. <laughs> well, we'll have some more fun stuff to show next week. Um, I spent almost all yesterday designing things. Mm-hmm. I think we lost Chris. Yeah, I think we did too. Am I back? Yes, you're back. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm here. All right. Um technical difficulties. That's just what we do on fused relativity. So that's cool. I mean, you know, it's a different way to run a filament. Like I said, my printer does that with its mixing. Um, but it does it all at once rather. So I just, it mixes three different colors together at a, at one time through the hot end. So it looks cool. So Chris, when you say mix, are you talking about like glowy, it melts all three colors in one? Yes. So you don't have like a three, like our two tone printer that's going on over here. You don't have something like that similar. It just all mixes onto one color, which could be a random color. No, right. it, it can do the no. same thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> so like in the mixing software on my printer, I can tell it to extrude uh, 40% one color, 20% one color, and 40% the other color. And it, okay. will come, and it will come out in, so if I 
if I say I want to do red, blue, and white, and I do 30% of each color, it's going to give me a light purple color. Okay. That makes more sense. Sorry. <clears throat> you know me, I'm not techie savvy with 3D printers and all that like you and John. Well, mostly John. <laughs> so your guys's Saturn does dual extrusion. And Neptune. I don't know, John, does if yours mixes or if it just does one at a time. See, this is where I don't know. I'll have to look because theoretically, our printers are exactly the same. The only difference should be that you have a third nozzle or third entrance into your hot end. I think they're doing something differently. And I think that's part of your problem was when we were talking about it is I think they're your your heating is in that that mixing well, chamber. I can tell you I can tell you this much. If I I have a a, a, hexag a hexagon planner that I that I did and I watched it as I did it and all three extruders will run at the same time depending on how much I told it to put in and when I mix blue and yellow I get green well see I, I understand that and that's why I think um I think yours is set up and which is why it, it, it probably wasn't working. Like I can't mix. I, I told you I was having an issue where um, the filament was down into the thing and I was trying to push it forward and it just wasn't printing, but that's because the, the filament was already in there. Right. So I think yours is heating where the colors mix. Which is why okay. it tends to clog more, and which is why um, it didn't understand to pull the filament back, because yours doesn't pull filament back. No, it does not. Yeah, so I, I think that's where the issue is, is G-Tech has done something weird with their, their printer. But it's, it's very cool. I mean, the ability to make different colors is pretty awesome, and I can make a very cool gradient effect on it which is nice um because i can tell it to start at a hundred percent on one side and end at a hundred percent on the other and so you'll see the slow gradient as it goes up much like that frog yeah you know so it's cool but it comes with drawbacks of clogs and nobody likes clogs no so but that's, you know, another time, another story. We figured out my issues, which was nice to finally get that done with. Yeah. And then I got a large surface print and really jacked up my heat bed because of it. So <laughs> live and learn. Only way. Yep. What, what do we say? Go fast and fuck shit up. That's what we've been well, talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly... Uh, which, which is funny I because did the latter. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I told you you needed to get your your printer fine tuned by printing small stuff. And for someone who claims to think logically about stuff, that you kept trying to go full bore on a uh, uh, 
and do large scale stuff instead of trying little things to get it right. Well, just, just pointing that out there. I'm also, I like to think logically, but I'm also a bullet in China shop. So, you know, <laughs> I've told you, John, I'm an, I'm an enigma. Nobody knows what I am. All right. So, fair enough. Yeah. I work at I, I work at the speed of Chris, which is God knows what. <laughs> but anyway, well, I think we can uh, we can go ahead and wrap her up. Uh, we got a frog staring at us with some weird eyeballs, and you know he's got some crazy webbed feet going on, and you know. Uh, Danielle, thank you for joining us this week. <laughs> Of um, appreciate having three people on. Two Even people though, is just me and John arguing a lot, which is what we did anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, True. I just I just did it in the back, just letting you two have at it. Um, everybody, do check out Fuse Crafts on YouTube and TikTok. She's got some good uh, good videos up there. In case you're into the crafty stuff, it's and uh, Etsy. I have my store. Don't forget that. Yes, Etsy. Uh, is it Fused Crafts on Etsy or is it something different? Yep. Nope. Same thing. Okay. So Fused Crafts on Etsy. Um, check out the popsicle with the resin because it was cool. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that one. I don't know why. I'm, uh, what, what can I say? Uh, but yeah, it check. Real. They worked. Kind of. Uh, check check out her her stuff. Uh, also, D Infinity on TikTok, D Infinity X on TikTok. He's got some good 3D printing videos, and of course, we have our Fused Relativity channel. Um, we haven't put up Space Engineers in a while, but we'll get back to it eventually. We're all just kind of working on our on our own projects at the moment, and that's not leaving a lot of time for Space Engineers. No. But we'll get back there eventually. So. Once again, Danielle, thanks for showing up this week. Um, I don't know. Are you are you going to be on next week? I, I don't know uh, the timeline. Yes. At least next week and then um, the week after that. For, okay. At least for what I know, unless something changes. So we've, we've got a special guest for a couple of weeks. Uh, should be fun. Next week, we'll line up some more stuff. Maybe we'll get some more crafty things in there if we can if we can squeeze it in. Um, John, anything, anything to add before we go? No, we'll probably talk about resin, but. Oh, we'll, here we go. Bring it. That it, you can see why. So, All yes. Right, I'm game. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks. Thanks for watching this evening. We appreciate it. Episode 57, talking a little bit about Disney and, uh, the wrong IP theft. We'll have to talk about that one next, John, because I really had a whole thing lined up for identity theft or, uh, you know, internet provider theft. But <clears throat> next time we should probably communicate better on our programming notes. Hmm. 57 episodes in. You think we would have that down? Nope. Yeah. Sorry, people. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Do check out our our uh, our channels. We appreciate it. And until next week, go boldly, friends.